WTRJ, Orange Park, Jacksonville, WAYL, St. Augustine, WATY, Folkston, Georgia, online at ilovethetruth.com. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, and what a joy and comfort those words bring when we read those in our own Bible in the early part of John's Gospel. He tells us that God made good on His promise to give us Jesus, right, who's with us and He's for us. Oh, the joy to read that around our dinner tables and in front of our fireplaces around Christmas time. But to think there's Bibleless believers around the world who've been denied God's Word. They've never been able to read the Christmas story for themselves. But oh, the joy of thinking of many Christians who will have that privilege this year. Right now, Truth Radio and Bible League, we're teamed up to bless 1,200 Bibleist believers. You've done it for 900. We have 300 to go. You know what? $5 a Bible. Uh, if we could see 15 of you right now make a gift of 20 Bibles each, we would sing the Hallelujah Chorus and get these Bibles on their way this Christmas. Would you pray about it? And then by December 22nd, call 800-YES-WORD. That's 800-YES-WORD or give at ilovethetruth.com. Giving a Bible to somebody is the greatest gift you can give somebody in life. Hello everyone and welcome to SWAT Radio here on December 12th, 2023. We are into the last few days of SWAT Radio uh, as a live broadcast for the year and we will be running some best of SWAT Radio broadcasts uh, starting next week. I'm David Gray, along with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries, and we are happy to have you with us. As always, Brad is a new grandfather again and uh, is out today. I told him he's got enough for now five-on-five basketball. Yeah, he can have his own little basketball game, not That's just right. a team, a game. And he can feel the whole baseball team plus a DH. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or a relief pitcher. There you go. Yeah, you know, and, so, if we're talking to the National League crowd, that's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, that's the purists. Right. That, that's right. So. You're Boston. you Boston. Uh, well, the DH hey, has been around for a long time. One of time. my favorite uh, players was Carl. Remember Carl? Carl Yastrzemski? Yeah. Oh, yeah course one of my athletic heroes growing up all those teams yeah he was on the 67 impossible dream team when they won the pennant and then all through the 70s and of course he made the last out in the greatest probably never heard of him (laughs) jeremy's shaking his head i don't know who you're talking he he made two final outs in two huge games though that in the 75 world series against the reds which many people think is the greatest world series ever played that was the Carlton Fisk yeah. waving the home run fair yeah. game, game six. And then in, I was at uh, the Bucky Dent game, the one-game playoff against the Yankees in 1978, and they had the tying and winning runs on base, and he fouled out to third oh, uh, off Goose Gossage. Remember that name? The Reds and the Sox, they used to have some good games, didn't they? Oh, they had, well, they had those great World Series games. Yeah, they, in 75, that was fantastic again this is not a sports no it's not but with david uh, we we always seem to get off on sports in fact i think you wanted to be a sports broadcaster didn't you and i got to do a little bit of it when my kids were in high school i i always joke that we did the internet broadcast i did it for my kids high school baseball and football teams and you know i say we had an average listenership of (laughs) 8.5 but it was great for out of town family and things like that who couldn't get to the game but my my son Kevin was number forty one in football, mm-hmm. and you know football is so much harder to broadcast than baseball. Just so much well, more going on. There's a lot. Yeah, going and the on. paces. But I my joke was, if I if in doubt, tackle by number forty one. Yeah, 
That's Boy, right. that kid's got 47 tackles tonight. <laughs> How did that happen? Um, there was uh, a post uh, today um, about uh, IDF soldiers who were lighting uh, Hanukkah candles in Gaza, which is interesting. You know, um, I don't know if um, you're familiar with Hanukkah, but uh, it is this year it's celebrated December 7th through the 15th. It's eight days. And, and they celebrate marking the rededication of the temple in the second century BC. Um, you know, and so they had a tiny supply of ritually, ritually pure oil and, uh, that they found in the temple. And when they lit it, it burned for eight days. So they celebrate the lighting of a menorah. You see a candle for a day. Right. And, um, so anyway, um, that it's uh, kind of wild to think that they're over there. You know, Lori asked me. We were talking the other day, and she said, "Do you think they they don't fight on Shabbat?" And I said, "Well, that's a good question. It, you know, um, I don't know that they haven't fought on Shabbat. There's a, I don't know if you remember the term pikuah nefesh. Do you remember that from the teaching? No. Okay. So basically, what the Jewish people accused. Uh, not, not the Jewish people. Let me rephrase that. What some of the Jewish leaders accused Jesus of doing was violating the Sabbath. Sure. Right. And he did that on when intentionally. He, yeah, when he healed somebody. <laughs> right. Right? right. Because he wasn't violating God's law. He Correct. was violating man's tradition. Their tradition. Right. And what happened is some of the religious leaders said, okay, if God says that you can't be within, just we'll use this as a, a kind of example, if you can't be within three feet of the temple, then they would say you can't be within six feet of the temple. They would double it so that they got some caution in there. Yeah. So that's what they did with a lot of the laws, the ceremonial laws and stuff. Well, anyway, Jesus would heal people on the Sabbath. And they went berserk. They were like, whoa, 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 you can't. He can't pick up his mat. They had it so bad that. Even today, if you're over there, I don't know if you remember, people won't even push the elevator. Right. I've heard all that. On, they don't turn on the light switch. No, they don't they do They won't anything. turn on the stove, that, that they, kind they of they stuff. They won't right? do any of that. Right. <clears throat> but anyway, pakua nefesh is a, a phrase that means that if you are helping someone, for instance, if you are walking by somebody and they've fallen into a pit and they can't get out, it would be work to get them out. Hmm. But because of Pakua Nefesh, that says that getting them out is is more worthwhile. In other words, if somebody's dying, well, I can't administer first aid because that's work and I can't do that. And and Pakua Nefesh says no. The greater good is that you render aid to somebody. Mm-hmm. Like in the case of let's say the Good Samaritan. Yeah. In the Good Samaritan, you had two people walk by him a levite and a priest because he was unclean yeah and so they literally would let him die and instead of ali and pakua nefesh says no you help them yeah well didn't jesus when they when they accused jesus of violating the sabbath when he was healing didn't he respond to them and say which one of you wouldn't help out his mule yeah. right or his donkey if That's he was right. stuck in a 
in a hole or something like that? Jesus said, you know, you'd help an animal in that situation. Yes. So and, and so um and so it does say if you you know if you do it that on the Sabbath the IDF generally and they put that phrase in there generally follows the same regulations that apply to other institutions in Israel which means that they suspend most military activities um and soldiers aren't required to perform duties that are not essential mm-hmm. Well, I would say preserving life is essential. Yeah, and if you're being attacked, <laughs> yeah. defending is yeah. essential, right? Yeah. Um, and so they have a phrase, I can't remember what it's called, but where it literally suspends the Shabbat or the Sabbath. Um, uh, so saving a life would supersede Shabbat, they would say in that instance. Uh, so anyway. Yeah interesting to think about it yeah yeah Uh, and and that and that all those rules and regulations are so important and yet the missing of (laughs) messiah you know is yeah i mean it's uh well well think about it let's say there's a firefighter who's in israel do you think they don't fight a fire on the shabbat right no because why um they're they're basically is pakua nefesh. Yeah. That's that's the law. But and that's why Jesus said, Hey, if you if your animal falls in a pit, you're gonna rescue him then. Isn't it better to help a human? Yeah. Yeah. So Well they, they to your point, they had added things from a tradition standpoint and had totally gotten away from the spirit mm-hmm. of the law. Right? Yeah. The, the 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 premise behind why the law was there to begin with. It was like Jesus said, it was you know, it was set aside for you know, he's the Lord of the Sabbath. The Sabbath was created for people, and then the leaders made it so burdensome on people, yeah. and apparently still do. Well, they do. In a lot of ways. And you've witnessed it. Sure. I mean, you see Absolutely. it over there. Absolutely. So, hey, I don't know if you heard um, or, or, or you listened to the briefing or saw, but there was a woman in Texas who wanted an abortion. She applied to the Supreme Court. They denied her appeal. And so she actually said, okay, well, now I'm just going to have to go to another state. Um, She was from the Dallas area, and she wanted the court to authorize what she claimed to be a medically uh, qualified abortion. Um, But it wasn't that her life was in danger. It was just that the, the child's life in her was not going to be of quality that she thought or she didn't know Mm. uh but they 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 the child had some things and so she fought it and so she just said okay i'm gonna go to another state and do it and um you know here here's the issue it comes up over and over and you see it and now you got all these uh what i would call sanctuary states for abortion that say hey california come out here there have been billboards yeah Come out here. Telling people to yeah. do that. Uh, so if, you know, if a mother's life is at risk, literally at risk, even then doctors are going to try to take the baby and take the baby alive. They're not just going to murder the baby. Mm-hmm. It would have to be something pretty dire. But 
think about it. Um, a Christian biblical worldview is that abortion can never be the intended purpose of the operation or any procedure. Yeah. The, the Saving the life of the mother may mean they have to go in and try to take the baby early, but their desire is to preserve life right. always. That's the Christian worldview. But it, it, it would be an unintended consequence because they don't want the baby to die. That that would be the Christian worldview. But, um, but now a lot of Christians are asking, um, why do pro, even Christians are asking this, why do pro-life people oppose uh, these exemptions that are there? Because what happens is, and this is what he said this morning is so true, a lot of times the exemptions become the rule. Yeah, yeah. We've seen that. You've right. seen that happen, right? Right. Um, and so it, it, it's really, it's going to be an ongoing battle. There isn't, I, I don't think this thing will be settled, Dave, till we're in heaven. Yeah, yeah. You know, right? Because yeah. even there's a lot of Christians that don't agree that that should be legislated, which is crazy to me. We legislate a lot of other stuff. Yeah. Well, the exceptions that you mentioned, you know, I think about the argument that, you know, we we always hear, and you hear this in politics all the time, well, what about in the case of rape and incest, right, and that kind of thing? And I would preface any comment that I would make on that with the statement that I have, there must be situations when that kind of thing happens that are just horrific, that I have no idea what it's like to go through something like that, and so... When I speak, I'm speaking as one who understands it must be, or at least understands in theory how bad it must be. I, I haven't experienced it, but I it must be awful. But on the other side of that argument is it's not the child's fault, right? The child is still a life, and it's not the child's fault. And there have been situations where so many um, situations where, where people were born and they parents were told, well, you should abort this child, and then the, Tim Tebow's mom was told exactly. To abort. <laughs> I, I have pers- I, and this will be near and dear to you. I have good friends. He's my former boss. They had their longtime married couple. They had a baby when they were in their early forties, and they were told this baby is going to have Downs, and they were advised to to terminate the pregnancy. And this baby is this woman is now twenty four, twenty five years old, and she's an absolute. Delight, like and, Abigail and Becca. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. And so, just that's. And you know, I told you the other day I was at that special nation praise service. That there's a, these people are special, as we all are in God's sight, right? So, yeah. anyway, we're going to take our first break. Uh, tough time to cut off that conversation, yeah, right. but we'll take our first break. Glad you're with us, and come on back after the break on SWAT Radio. Mm-hmm. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. 
We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. The Florida-Georgia Truth Network, heard in Amelia Island at 91.3. Joy to the world. Back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Doug McCary, glad you're with us. And as we've said so many times in the past few weeks, hate to almost break in on that music. Yeah, it's, I love that. <laughs> That's song a great too. version of yeah. uh, Joy to the World. Is that the Pentatonix? Yeah, yeah, it is. really good. I, I, I love that. It's just so upbeat. And you know, I was telling my girls this morning on the way to us uh, taking them to the bus is um, or their van to the school is, you know, Becca had a tough morning and. And I prayed for uh, she had made a bad choice doing something that was just kind of foolish. But it it was it, it was one of those things where anytime they get in trouble, they don't like it, you know. And of so, course, who likes so to get the way I, of the I, transgressor I, yeah, is hard. I, yeah, I just prayed <laughs> for, and then uh, and and I I said let's 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 ask God to bring some joy into our morning because we've had kind of a hectic morning, mm-hmm. and we played that song, and it's just. By the end of the song, she's singing, you know, yep. so it's just a, it's just a reminder that, that our joy isn't in our circumstances. It's not in the moment because those things are fleeting, but it's in Christ and the eternal. And, you know, today we are, um, second day into Mark one forty. the, the, really the, the theme of the week is he came for even them. David, have there been people that in the past, especially prior to, let's say, the last five or six years, that you just wondered if they were even beyond his ability to save or his ability to... Yeah. To, and even, and even, even in the last five or six years, even as I've grown, there's times when I, I, I pray for people and I just, I just say to God, Lord, this seems impossible to me. It does not seem to me like this person would ever get it, but all things are possible with you. I'm I'm not you. It's and, and if and then if I extrapolate that a little bit more and unpack that a little more, it was impossible from a human perspective that 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 I belong to him, that he brought me to faith, that he opened my eyes, right? That he regenerated my heart. So uh, I think I've mentioned this before. I think it was Philip Yancey who wrote this in a book called What's So Amazing About Grace, the line is, if the gospel's not true for the worst serial killer, 
it's not true for you and me. That's right. right. And we tend to categorize that like that. But, you know, we're looking at this text in Mark 1 and verses 40 to 45 where, where we see this leper. And if you've not really done a lot of research on leprosy, we read that word in the scripture and we don't really know what it entails. Yeah, we might know it's a skin disease from Leviticus 13 and 14, but what does it really look like? And I was sharing yesterday, I've been in India, I've seen lepers, I've seen the devastating results. Leprosy is a result of a, a, it's a, it's a bacterial infection. It's a long-term infection that pretty much is a terminal infection once you get it. There's no cure for leprosy. Uh, it is uh, it leads to the nerves being damaged, so you don't feel. And um, back then, there were different skin disorders, eczema, um, you know, whatever rashes, and there were ways to check and see if those were leprosy, what is known today as Hansen's disease. And the the most devastating part of it seems like it wouldn't be that bad is you don't feel pain. Mm. And so if you smash your finger with a hammer, you don't feel it. If you stick your hand into a, a coal fire and, and get too close, you don't feel it. Yeah. If you grab a scalding hot uh, skillet, it does not affect your hands, the feeling because your nerves have been impacted so much so you don't feel it. It affects your eyes, your all these things. And we made the comment yesterday that it is like sin in that what you see on the outside, you may see deteriorated skin, you may see necrotic skin, which is rotting skin from the infection that they've gotten. Um, but leprosy has a lot of similarities to sin. Both are incurable by God. Both uh, are worthy of fire to cleanse and make sure they don't impact other people. And they both aren't just on the surface. They both, I mean, what you see on the surface is repulsive because it's its so grotesque. I mean, like what happens is, have you ever seen somebody who has necrosis of the hand or well, it's awful? Yeah, photos I mean, it, I mean like it's yeah. terrible. To see it in person, to look into their yeah. eyes, to see the emptiness in their eyes, the hopelessness. Yeah. And, you know, we made the comment yesterday that we're all spiritual lepers mm. prior to Christ. Yep. We and, don't we don't feel that way a lot of times. Yeah, right? and like leprosy, sin is progressive. It is so progressive. It, Un, untreated. It, well, un, like you said, it can only be cured by God, and apart from that, it's progressive. It will take you farther than you yeah. want to go, cost you more than you want to pay, and keep you longer than you want it to be there. Mm-hmm. Now, for leprosy, anybody who was a leper back then, and even today, but especially back then or today in a third world country, it it was a, a death knell. I mean, right? You were ostracized from your community. Uh, you had to... Uh, go around saying unclean, unclean, unclean. So everybody knew you had something that you couldn't be around other people. You couldn't go into the temple. 
which meant there were no sacrifice, there was no connection with God and the community of God. So you had a very alienated, isolated, and literally deteriorating existence. Yeah. I I don't know how you couldn't be hopeless, David. Yeah. Well, to your point yesterday and today, it wasn't just the disease is horrible enough, but this idea that the community that you would otherwise belong to thinks that you're like this, that you deserve this, mm-hmm. that you must have done something to be like this. It kind of reminds me a little bit, you know, speaking of India, yeah. of the caste system, right? That yeah. people are the way they are because they must have done something awful in a past life and better luck in the next life. You know, do the best you can here and in the next life, maybe things will be better for you. But that must have been how these a lot of these lepers felt that, you know, bad enough again to have the disease but to think that all the people around you think that you must be this awful person who's being punished by god because this is god's curse right, on you right and so there was a a, a desperate man behind the leprosy <clears throat> and we talked about that yesterday we kind of revealed uh three uh, pegs to kind of hang onto in this text just to help you remember what is happening here in the first one god reveals a desperate plea for help we see a desperate plea for help and and we we know desperate people all around us dave we've witnessed people who maybe they don't have physical leprosy but the sin in their life the consequences of that sin has so rotted away who they are and they can try to cover it up but the reality is they, they feel lonely, they feel isolated, and they feel like nobody cares. Yeah. And this guy came to Jesus because he heard that he did some miracles. He, he obviously approached him, but even in his approach, nobody brought him. Up to We were read about other people being brought to There's nobody to bring this guy. Nobody wants to be around him. And he came, it says, beseeching, he pleaded, and then kneeling, showing a a position of submission. And then he says this in verse 40, if you will. And it's not clear why he's saying that. He just says, if you will. He could be saying that, saying, I know you have all authority and power. If you will, you can make me clean. Or he could be saying, do you even care mm. about me? Have I brought this on myself somehow? Yeah, he may have been convinced by all the people thinking that he had done something wrong to earn that, that he may have, that may have convinced him. Yeah. I mean, I know people like that that think that, that, that they're being punished by God. Well, some people are told a lot by uncaring people yeah. that, they're, they're just told some very tough things growing up. They're 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 basically they're verbally uh, told they're not worth anything. Right, and and they may not say those exact words, but that's what's communicated. It's the message, so, yeah, yeah. So they feel um, outside of community. They feel like a leper, even though they're physically fine. And so he said, "If you will." You can make me not well, but clean, which is interesting that he said that. You know he had to be thinking about his leprosy. 
and not wanting to be a leper. But it probably would have been a pretty far stretch for him to think Jesus was going to make him um, well. And he said, if you will, you can make me clean. Mm. If he was truly Messiah, he could connect him right. with God the Father. And because they were looking for Messiah to come. So that's the first tent peg is God reveals in this text a desperate plea for help in verse 40. But verse 41 and 42, we see not only a desperate plea for help, but a, a, a deep pain of the heart in Messiah here. I mean, it says he was moved with pity, verse 41, with compassion. What's interesting about the word there that's used is it says moved with pity. That Greek word could actually mean anger or yeah. agitated, which is interesting because, you know, he he wasn't just seeing the leper. He was seeing the results of sin. Mm-hmm. He was seeing the consequence of sin played out on this man's life. No, no fall in the garden. This man is whole. Right. And how often do we forget that? Yep. We forget that a lot, yeah. don't we? Yep. We tend to look at people, well, this is David. David caused this. Right. Or, you know, why is God allowed? It goes back to the fact that because sin is in the world, pain and brokenness are in the world. Yeah. And we forget that. We do. We're going to take our next break on SWAT Radio here at the bottom of the hour for the news. Give us a call when we come back at 844-777-7928 if you have a comment or a question. And we will be right back to, to continue our discussion in Mark 1, 40 to 45 on SWAT Radio. I'm John Scott. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has told senators that with U.S. aid, his country can win the war with Russia. His visit to Washington comes as President Biden's request for an additional $110 billion U.S. aid package for Ukraine is at serious risk of collapse in Congress. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby on the NBC Today show says... Ukraine badly needs more funding. This additional funding will absolutely help Ukraine claw back even more of their territory and try to, to kick the Russians right out of Ukraine uh, to restore their own territorial in- integrity. These, this is critical funding for critical systems. House Speaker Mike Johnson says Republicans are eager to pass a spending bill to help Israel and Ukraine, but says Democrats must also agree to address a major national security crisis here in the U.S. We understand there will be a supplemental spending package, but you must address the U.S. border. See, we believe very clearly, and I think the American people agree with us, that national security begins at our own borders. We have to maintain our own sovereignty so that we can project peace through strength and help our friends. Johnson says so far the Biden White House is refusing to make any policy changes at the border. Speaker Johnson interviewed by the Salem Radio Network's Hugh Hewitt Show. Also at SRNnews.com, Harvard President Claudine Gay will remain leader of the Ivy League school following her comments last week at a congressional hearing on anti-Semitism. 
Gay came under intense scrutiny following that hearing in which she and two of her peers struggled to answer questions about campus anti-Semitism. On Wall Street, the Dow is ahead 111 points and the Nasdaq adding 47. This is SRN News. This is Roger with The Truth Radio, and we're sending Bibles to the world. Here's Michael with the Bible League. Roger, I'm coming to you and your wonderful listeners today with a very urgent Christmas message, remembering John 1, where John writes, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and yet in the regions of Asia, Africa, the Middle East, and Latin America, would you know that as many as 9 of 10 new believers, members of our spiritual family, our brothers and sisters, they've never read that passage for themselves because they do not own a Bible? Everyone wants to read the Bible, but many of them will be sharing the, a single Bible. All of us at Bible we're so excited. You have blessed 900 Bibleist believers. We've set a goal to bless 1,200. We've got 300 to go. You know what? $5 a Bible. If we saw 15 of you right now make a gift of 20 Bibles each, that's $100. We'll be at goal and we'll get these Bibles on their way this Christmas. $5 sends a Bible, 100 cents 20. Call 800 Yes Word, 800 Y E S W O R D, or click the Bible League banner at I Love the Truth. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Doug McCary, glad that you are with us. And we are looking uh, at Mark chapter 1, verses 40 to 45, and kind of into the second point, uh, Doug, that you're making in this particular lesson uh, about the pain of the of the Savior, about mm-hmm. Jesus' pain at, uh, at the leper's condition. Yeah, in fact, I was just thinking, David, uh, in case somebody is just joining us or somebody's just tuning in it's always good to read the text do you mind reading mark 1 40 through 45 just read the whole text today happy to do that mark 1 40 to 45 and a leper came to him imploring him and kneeling said to him if you will you can make me clean moved with pity he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him i will be clean And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, 
but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. These are the very words of God. They are. And, um, you know, I, I was just sitting there listening, thinking about the guy, the leper. And again, if you're just tuning in, in the Bible, leprosy referred to a lot of different skin diseases, but there was a form of leprosy. Today it's known as Hansen's disease that was a long-term infection, not just like a rash that would go, come and go, uh, like athletes' feet or something. Yeah. You know, it, it, it was a long-term severe disease that led to nerve damage and and it would affect your breathing your seeing your smelling um and um your ability to feel pain uh, your ability to feel um any kind of burning sensation you could literally pour scalding water on your hand you wouldn't feel it but your hand would respond to the burn the way it would normally. And isn't that interesting mm. to think about? Yeah. Just because you didn't feel the pain as a leper didn't mean that it wasn't damaging Absolutely. your body. Right. And David, I think there's a great spiritual jump there too. Just because you're not experiencing some quick pain as a uh, human, spiritually, uh, physically, you... How many times do you make a bad choice and don't experience immediate consequences? Right. right. Well, I think of the passage, people mistake that. And the passage that says, don't mistake, don't mistake God's kindness as slowness or a lack of intent to judge, right? God is giving us opportunity. He's not, he doesn't treat us always as our sins deserve, certainly in the long run, if we belong to him, but also in life sometimes, right? He gives us an opportunity to repent but but if we keep doing it things will ultimately eat away like you said and, and damage us well and again leprosy is used a lot as a graphic illustration of sin mm. and in the same way that the leprosy uh, affects you that you can't feel pain but it doesn't mean that pain uh, whatever's causing it normally is not damaging your body you can be in sin in a certain area and be blinded to pain that is being caused to your family, to your loved ones, to, to your friends, because you're so affected by that sin that you're numb to pain. Mm -hmm. And you do it, uh, Paul calls it a seared conscience, right? I mean, like your conscience is seared, so you just keep doing it. You don't even realize how bad you're hurting yourself, right. how bad you're hurting others. So there's a lot of similarities there, Dave. And, um, you know, in verse 41, when it says he was moved with pity, this deep compassion says he was moved with, uh, with pity. Uh, you and I were talking in the break about how Jesus, the same wording in the greek is there when he was with lazarus right yeah when lazarus died right and he was there to raise him and saw everybody weeping including mary and martha and 
the professional mourners. <laughs> yeah, and what did Mary and Martha yeah, say? If you had it, been here. Right. If you had been here, right. not if you want to raise him, you could. Yeah. Of course, uh, did they have precedence for saying that? Well, yeah, let's see. Elisha raised somebody from the dead. Mm-hmm. Elijah raised somebody from the dead. Yeah. Um, but they didn't say, say that. Yeah. What they said is, if you had been here, and and so he was moved with pity, the same word there. And it says he touched him. Now, at the moment he touched him, what happened to Jesus? What happened to Jesus? Yeah. In the eyes of the people there. The moment he touched the leper. Well. What, what happens to you if you brush up against a leper? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, well, they all would have assumed Jesus would have been infected. And unclean. Right, unclean. He, right. he is now right. unclean. Right. But Jesus didn't care. Yeah. Jesus touched him, it says, and said, I will. I love that. Yeah. All he says is, I will yep. be clean. Yep. And uh, verse 42 says immediately, one of Paul's favorite words over 40 times in the text. Mark. I mean, Mark. Boy, You're I still an axe. I, I know, man. I still go back to axe. He's, Mark writes, immediately the leprosy left him. He was made clean. Now, who can make somebody clean? Yeah, only God. Only God. It says in the text, he was made clean. What? A beautiful statement for that young man or that older guy. We don't know how old he was. But his whole life to that point, he had been isolated. Now he could go be among people. Yeah, He was alienated. Nobody wanted to be around him. Now people would want to be around him. Why? Because they're going, this guy, this has only been done once that we know of with Naaman yeah. in the Old Testament. No other person that we know of had been healed of leprosy. Well, and to your point, this must have been as big a relief to him as the healing of the physical disease, that he could actually be around people and have, you know, you wonder how that all kind of flooded over him as soon as he realized he he was healed. It says immediately the leprosy left him. Well, for the leprosy to leave him, how would they know that? Well, he might have had to have fingers that were restored, Mm -hmm. feet that were restored, eyes that were restored. Could Jesus restore eyes? Of course. Yeah, there was a guy born blind that he ended up healing. You know, and just just real quick, Doug, sorry to cut off. But. You, know, you like the, doing that. <laughs> the, uh, I never met a microphone that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the idea of God being able to make things clean reminds me, speaking of Acts, right, of the passage where Peter sees the vision of the unclean, the formerly unclean animals being let down in the sheet and mm-hmm. God telling him to go and eat, kill and eat. And Peter says in Acts ten fourteen, Peter says, by no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time, what God has made clean, do not call unclean. Uh-huh. Right? This idea that it's God who decides what's clean and unclean, not men's traditions. Yes. And and uh, now, now, I know that lepers, as part of the law, right, were un- were there was precedence there, right, as you said. Well, where, there was a precedence yeah. for 
keeping them away from other people. So they wouldn't, from a health standpoint, but, right. But they were kept away from God, yes. which meant <clears throat> right. that they must have believed it was a curse from God. Yes, correct. And they didn't care about them being restored to yeah. God. And here comes Jesus along, and he says, I will be clean. Now, he does the same thing to us with our sin. First John 1, verse 7 says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. We are cleansed because of the blood of Jesus. Hebrews 10.22. Hebrews 10.22 says that he says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So he does the same thing with our sin that he did to this leper. Mm. I will, he says, be clean. But what had to happen first? The man said, hey, if you will, you can make me clean. Mm-hmm. He there believed. Was a, there, was a, he, there was a belief and a coming to Jesus, yeah. realizing I need Jesus. Right. Right. That's right. And right. so, um, and anyway. We, yeah, we'll pick up on that when we come back from our last break. Give us a call at 844-777-7928. If you have a comment or a question, and we'd be happy to take your call. Come back after the break on SWAT Radio. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. The Florida Georgia Truth Network, serving Kings Bay at 91.3. Angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing o'er the plains and the mountains in reply, echoing their joyous Chelsea's day. 
Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. And Doug, of course, I can't hear that without thinking of being in the shepherd's field in Israel, right outside of Bethlehem, and uh, being in the cave that we were in. And uh, one of the things, not to now get you off, went, you went like two years ago, right? We went right before COVID in so January, January of 20. 20. January. So three years ago, almost, yeah, right? just about, just right. under three. Yep. And isn't it interesting how, I can tell you, Dave, from going over there, is I've made nine trips now. Every time I listen to songs, I think about. Absolutely. I think about yeah. the vision. I think about yeah. the cave. I think yep. about the field. I yep. think about. Even if even if I'm just reading something in scripture and it says, and they were they went back to Capernaum or something like that. I have to go in the back of my Bible and look at the map <laughs> and make sure I remember exactly where it is. And because I get screwed up with with the direction over there. But anyway, uh, but one of the things that struck me so much about being there was you realize how close Jerusalem is to Bethlehem. It's pretty close. And this idea that, and I know the population wasn't back then what it is today, but this idea that the heavenly host filled the skies with the angels filled the skies, but only the shepherds saw it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like when, when, God the Father said, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased, and the Spirit descended on him, that it says to others, only a few understood that. It said others heard it like they thought it was thunder, right? But this idea that all these people were around in Jerusalem, and and the angels are in the sky, and apparently only the shepherds saw them. Well, it's kind of like when Elisha and his servant were in the field uh, hiding, and his servant was terrified, and... I love, Elisha just says, God, would you show him? Because Elisha saw it, apparently, or he knew it was there. He wasn't worried, and he said, show him, and, and there's angels yeah. all fire all around. Yeah. Chariots yeah. of fire. Right, right. And so, uh, or even Paul, you know, when Paul was on the road to Damascus, he heard the voice of Jesus. Everybody else right. just heard thunder. Right, right. And, and thinking back about the shepherds again, it says in the scriptures, a, a multitude of the heavenly host. And I, I guess I might have known this, but was recently reminded of it, that the word for multitude is a military term. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it, it, it was like a legion. It was like a, it, it must have been hundreds of them or more, right? It, filling the sky. So it wasn't like, you know, we know one angel spoke apparently to the shepherds, but then the host filled the sky. Un, I mean, we get... We talk about that we get familiar with stories, and you get familiar. And is there one more familiar than that one? But yet, when you really stop and think about it, I'm sure it was pitch black out there, right? <laughs> yeah. It's a small little village, Bethlehem. Is there out it's in the fields? It's not like they had electric lights no, everywhere. No, no. I'm sure the stargazing was great, but yeah. we don't know if it was a cloudy night or a star. Well, we know one star was showing, right? But, but what was that like? That all of a sudden, you know. Angels are filling the sky, praising God. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I diverted no, from Mark. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. Uh, well, we were just talking about the the song and, and yep. going back over there, but I I, I just want to kind of circle back around to this deep pain of the heart because a lot of times I will be talking to people and they will wonder if god cares i mean jesus cares he was deeply moved by this man and his pain his alienation his isolation 
And, you know, David, as I was reading it and thinking about the deep pain of Messiah at what this guy was going through, I was thinking about in my own life, so often we get conditioned in our culture to have a remote control mentality. If we don't like something, we just go to another channel. If something makes us uncomfortable, we go to another channel. And it's easy, like, I, I can tell you, going to Russia, Africa, and uh, India, going to these other countries, you see some pretty horrific things. Living conditions, yep. people's poverty at levels that we've never experienced here. And just really humanity... Um, that ex is experiencing the deep, deep pain of uh, sin, which is alienation, isolation, and deterioration. Those three things describe leprosy, and they describe, I mean, how leprosy impacts somebody. It also describes how sin impacts somebody. Mm -hmm. Now, you and I, we walk around every day, and we see lots of people who are alienated, isolated, and deteriorating, but they put up such a uh, a front for people to think that they're okay. And they think we're the weird ones. Yeah, and it's deep inside right. of them, and they're hurting. And they wonder, probably like this guy, does Jesus hmm. care if you're willing? And he was. I, I was reminded of John 13 where Jesus is washing their feet and um, and he says, he, he's reaching out and washing. Peter goes, you know, I wash my feet. He goes, Peter, um, if I don't wash you, then you got, you don't have a share with me. I mean, if, if I don't wash your feet, Peter, you're not. And Jesus said that. And Peter goes, whoa, well, wait a minute. I, I, want, I want that. Wash all of me. Yeah. And, and Jesus said this. He says, the one who has bathed doesn't need to wash except for his feet, but he's completely clean and you're clean, but not every one of you. I always wondered what that meant. And what he's saying there is that if you're a believer, if you've been cleansed eternally by the blood of Jesus, he says you only need to wash your feet. Every day you were walking in an unclean world. Right. And when you wash your feet, that means that you're just acknowledging, man, this side of heaven, I'm not there. Yeah. This side of heaven, I get into situations and my mind goes to places it shouldn't go. This side of heaven, I may make choices sometimes that really aren't good choices. But my, my direction yeah. is to follow Jesus. <clears throat> and I know I'm cleansed because of his blood. Because Paul says in Romans nothing can separate yeah. you from the love of God if you're his. Right. Well, I think about what you said earlier about Jesus touched him and immediately the leprosy left. And it's the same with sin. When he touches us and makes us clean, when he regenerates us, when he justifies us, we are immediately made clean and we're his forever. Mm -hmm. And And this is a great picture, what you brought up of Jesus washing their feet, a great picture of... um justification the idea that peter is doesn't need a bath because he's already clean mm -hmm. he's been touched yes 
and immediately the sin has left him and he's not sinful. He's not guilty in God's eyes. And not only is he not guilty, but he is as though he kept the law perfectly. Yes. And and in the that's sa- his position. Right. That's his that's position. That's not his daily re- reality. And that's the washing of the feet is the great illustration for why we need daily repentance and confession of sin, not to regain our salvation that somehow has been lost, no, but to take the right position like the leper before God in humility and say, I need you and I, I need to clear the air with you so that my prayers are effective, so that my relationship with you isn't impacted. Mm-hmm. That's what daily, that's what the washing of the feet is, right? Yeah. And, and that is the 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 first john 1 9 if we confess our sins he will forgive our sins that's what that's talking paul's mm-hmm. talk i'm not paul i'm gonna keep wanting to go back to paul john is writing to believers there telling them that you are gonna you're gonna be sinning yeah. because you're in a human fleshly body right. and this side of heaven now listen there are people that teach that once you become a Christian, you don't say anymore, which is absolutely yeah. not true. Right. 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 We know that's not true. Yeah. So look at Patrick Mahomes. Now I'm joking, but you're good based on our conversation. He, he sort yesterday. of repented. By well, the way. I heard, Yeah, I, I think somebody <laughs> talked to him. He I apologized gr- about what he said to Josh Allen. Yeah. yeah. I, anyway, I, I, anyway, and, and that takes a lot. Yep. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Doing that. absolutely. And listen again, I told, like I said the other day, just to deviate just a second, cause I brought his name up. Uh, I'm not casting stones at him. We all blew yeah, it. Right. What I was asking is who's going to hold right. him accountable. I'm glad somebody did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, um, the, 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 the real point of what we've been focusing on today is the deep pain of the heart of Jesus. He cares deeply over the pain and consequences, um, uh, of sin not just our personal sin, but the sin in general. Mm. Like sometimes, David, you experience pain in your life, not because of a personal decision you make, but because of somebody else's personal bad choice. That I love. That you right. love or are just in your work yep. or, or somebody you right. don't even know. Let's say you're at a store and somebody um, is just having a bad day and they take it out on you. Yeah. And they cause you grief. That our our typical fleshly response is to respond back, hey, yeah. who do you think you are? Right. But sometimes we need to remember that just like we have bad days, other people have bad yeah. days. And not forget that Jesus cares. Just because he allows pain in your life, because he hasn't answered a prayer the way you think he ought to answer it, doesn't mean he doesn't care. He cares because he willingly allowed himself to be tortured, put on a cross, so that you would be forgiven forever. Yeah, I was just going to say that. How much more can he show he shows he cares other than to suffer and die the way he did? And what we need to be reminded of, and I hopefully today reminded you, that we are all... We are all lepers. Sorry about that. Um... We're all lepers, and he hurts over our pain, and he wants to heal us. So if you're out there, and you're hurting, and you don't think he cares, he does care. He just wants you 
to reach out to him the way this leper came to him and says, hey, right. if you will, you can you can help me. Yeah. Please help me. Amen. That's all Jesus wants, isn't it, Dave? He just wants us to want him. Yeah. That's it. Acknowledging that we need him. Like you said, he created us for a dependent yeah. relationship. You've always said that. Yeah. Well, mm. congratulations again to uh, Brad on another grandchild, yeah. <laughs> number 50. No, I'm <laughs> and David, thanks for filling Absolutely. in short notice. I love Absolutely. you. Thank love you for you being too. in here, brother.